We live in a time where masculinity is shamed and men don't know what it means to be a man. As a pastor and counselor, I've spent the better part of my life equipping and training others. My goal with this show is to translate my hard-earned experience into tools and tactics to help you become stronger as a man. This is the Brave Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Bellant. All right, men, welcome to the Brave Co. Podcast. This week, I have one of my favorite men uh, in my life and a man who has poured so much into me. Um, when I think about uh, my story and, and all the different phases that I've, that I've had to work through and overcome in my life from raising kids to my divorce to remarriage, um, Danny is was such a key pillar and still is such a key pillar in my life. And I love bringing guys like Danny on because um, Danny is one of those men who builds other men. And he's one of those men who uh, is, I think, one of the best guides uh, that we have alive today to really help men become, uh, walk out their real identity, learn healthy boundaries, learn good communication. He's a man's man. So, um, Danny, thanks so much for coming on. It's just such an honor to do this with you. Great to be here, man. I totally believe what you're doing. So how, how, let's, let's do this. (laughs) Hey, um, I want to I want to dive in a little bit. <clears throat> we had a Braveco uh, conference um, back in August, and you came and spoke for us. It was one of the most phenomenal messages that I've heard, um, just on on being a man, uh, having courage, uh, courage, and actually going after and pursuing what God's put in your heart. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, your opening line to us was you were created for greatness. And I know around Bethel, that's not a, it's not a very, it, it wouldn't be a very revelatory statement around Bethel because of how much we've talked about it. I mean, today, it, at one point it was absolutely revelatory. You were created for greatness, uh, you know, my dad does the Prince and Popper stuff. Bill does the heaven to earth stuff. Uh, you do, you know, you do all the same stuff. But I think when we talk about men in our culture today, this idea that you were born for greatness, that when God created each man, that he created man with a purpose I think is absolutely revolutionary for men today. And I'm wondering if you can just unpack that a little bit, unpack the, maybe just a little bit of the the idea, the theology around that. And we're just going to dive into, you know, some, what builds a great man, what makes a man great and what did God put him on this earth to do? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no father hopes that his son turns out to be below average, right? Yeah. You know, uh, and if you could see a, a father, if, if you had to choose from F to A, 
what would you like your your son's life to turn out like? You're yeah. Like, oh, C plus. You know, I'd like my son's <laughs> life to be above average, a C plus. You know, I don't I don't yeah. want him to be. You know, I don't want him to have too much. Not you know, said no father ever. And, yes. Um, so. I think that greatness starts out with us being created in the image of God. Yeah. You know, not in the image of a camel or a monkey or <laughs> a dolphin, but we are we are created in the image of God himself. Therefore, we are now about to be deployed in being like our father, which is yeah. you know, godlike, Christ-like, yeah. you know, literally Christ-like. Jesus comes and shows us this is what it looks like. Yeah. That's powerful. I know um, I think most men today, a lot of men today, not most, I think a lot of men today are struggling so much because that that earthly model wasn't there. I mean, we know the statistics. We've talked about the statistics before on fatherlessness. We're, we are in the most fatherless generation uh, in history that hasn't been attributed to war. So basically fathers are just saying, nah, I'd rather go and do my own thing than to grow up at home and, and raise, raise these kids that I made. And I think that that's obviously contributing to the lack of identity in men, right? Because it's the father that passes down. And of course the mother plays a big role in that, but it's the father that, that really affirms and, and gives that identity, especially to a, a man is masculinity is poured into a man from another man. Um, but I guess the question really is, is more practical than that. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, men that are, that listen to this podcast and that follow you as well, that in theory, we know like, okay, my dad didn't give me good identity check. I got that. Uh, now I'm 38 or I'm 42. Like I am, I feel like I'm screwed. Uh, because how do I, how do I live a life of rejection? and pain and then all of a sudden at 38 or 40 or 42 or 60 uh make make some go from i feel like i wasn't worthy of love to okay even though my dad rejected me or i didn't have a dad now i you know how do i how do i move into i am a great man Oh, you know, it takes one to know one, right? So you yeah. really got to surround yourself with uh, the potential of seeing great men. You know, this is yeah. this is why it's so expensive for men to become isolated, and in essence, you know, their own teacher, their own their own leader, their, their own master in many ways. You know, when a guy becomes isolated, he, he's, he's reduced his, his character development, his sense of reality, his gauge of truth. He, he's reduced it to himself. Mm. And, and then when that guy then surrounds himself with worldly context, now he's reduced himself to himself, surrounded by lies. So what a man actually has to do is he has to graft into the body of Christ and find men of God that you would actually want those attributes in your life. 
So yeah. how do you get that? And I think that's why Braveco is so critical is that yeah. you're going to find a band of brothers. You're going to find a tribe. You're going to find yep. input and challenge to your reality, to your measure of truth, and to all the lies that you've been cultivating. And you'll learn, for the most part, you know, you'll learn how to be a man by, from other men, you know, I mean, that's pretty much how it works. Is that what happened in your, in your life? Would you share just a little bit of your story? Um, Cause I think your story is, is super fascinating um, and really common uh, all at the same time on, you know, people look at you today and they, they just see a great man who's got an awesome inheritance and, you know, pretty much the life that most men would want to live. Uh, but you didn't start out there. Can you share just a little bit about your story? Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, mom gets pregnant at 17, ends up marrying my dad. Uh, I think I was born when she was 19 and my dad went into the Marine Corps. So they weren't together much. He gets out, uh, my little brother's conceived, he's born, and they divorce right after that. So I'm five, yeah. my brother's one, and my mom, I think is, you know, 24-ish, and moves to a small town in Northern California called Weaverville as a 24-year-old looking for a daddy for her boys. Jeez. And, you know, we end up with a parade of men through our house until I'm 12 years old when she marries my step, my first stepfather. And then, you know, and so there, there's my image of masculinity is basically, yeah. you know, just a, a stockyard and who want no responsibility, who want no you know accountability. And then, you know, I, I uh, end up raising my brother from the time he's 15 until I'm 19 or I'm 19 he's 15 my mom left he didn't want to go so now I got Johnny going through high school I at 21 I get saved and I meet for the first time in my life what the definition of men translates to be yeah, and, and it starts with a guy like Bill Johnson, you know, uh, mm. Bill Derryberry, Charlie Harper, Chris Valentin, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Keith Alvord. I mean, all these men that that have taken on the responsibility to become Christ-like, yeah, in their in, in their character, in their identity, in their marriage, in their family, in their community that now I have an absolute transformation from what not to do to what I want to give away to my children someday. Was it hard for you? Like, was it an easy transition? So you go from, you know, all this senior, all these guys coming into your life and kind of the pain. And I think that you were involved in drugs and stuff, uh, back then. Was it a, an easy transition to go from living in the world to like, okay, now you see my dad and Bill and all these guys, how hard was that transition for you? 
Well, I mean, it's probably easier than you think, but it was, there's mm-hmm. not a certain amount of heartbreak because I grew up in this little town where everybody knows everybody, right? I mean, yeah, there's 3,500 people. I've been there two thirds of my life, three quarters right. of my life, really. And uh, I got this good news and I want to tell everybody, I want to tell all my friends, hey, and they all just went, weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> So that was the first hurdle, but the community that I grafted into was so rich and alive right. and, and the spirit of God in my life was so real that I, I can't even compare what, what it cost me to what I gained. And I was on the fast track. I mean, I was, uh-huh. I was on the fast track. I, I was at everybody's house every night, just soaking up what that's what i want my you know that's what i want my life to look like right there how do i get me some of that and um i've just had people like bill and chris and charlie in my life for 40 years see i think that's such a key like it's not like you just found a guy to hang out with every once in a while when i when I hear you talk about you being over their houses and doing life together and I mean, being at the church together and, um, home groups. And I remember I was just a little boy back in, back in that time. (laughs) (laughs) And, but most of my memories, when I think back to my childhood, it's a house full of people and I'm, I interacting with all them. Then when it's late, when it's my bedtime, I'm up the stairs and I sneaking, I'm crawling from my second uh, story and I'm sneaking up to the ledge to watch you guys hang out afterwards. So everyone would be down, you know, downstairs. And we had these big bay windows that I could, from the top, I could look into the window and see what was happening. I remember I would spend hours up there and of course you know i didn't realize that if i could see them they could see me through the window um but that was my childhood is going to uh, men's meetings falling asleep under the chairs going to church staying late every every week which isn't that big of a deal but it was when i was young you know staying late and driving driving the uh, equipment from you know, this old theater crowd, I don't even know where we took it across probably, uh, to the, the other offices. Cause we, we rented the, uh, our theater every week. So it's just, <clears throat> when I, I look at the culture that men are living in today, it's very much a, it's not very personal. There's not very much contact. It's, it's very knowledge-based super knowledge base guys running after knowledge chasing knowledge but when i look at like the, the real transformation that happened for my dad and that happened for you yeah there's there was some great knowledge there but you guys had so much life on life connection yeah, yeah. so much it, life on life connection yeah and and it, it uh I'll keep going back to, you know, I learned to be a man from watching other men. And I, I learned 
how what not to do from watching other men too. So it, it it's very important that we get together with other men. And I don't mean like other boys. Yeah. I mean other men, like men yeah. who have taken responsibility as as leaders, as fathers, as yeah. husbands, as business owners, as you know, providers. I mean, men who have taken responsibility, that is really where men learn to be men. Talk about that. I, I just think that, you know, when, when you take on responsibility, things don't work out the way you had planned. You're not necessarily in control of mm. the outcome. You're just, you're just in charge of the responsibility. You're, you, you literally are held accountable for your commitments. So as a, as a leader, like I think it's important for, for young men to step into positions of accepting more responsibility in church. Uh, take more responsibility yeah. at the school with where your children are. This is one of the reasons we're in such crazy times yeah. of perversion being taught to yeah. our children because so few parents are still engaged in the school system and it's yeah. largely due to uh you know being winnowed out and and yeah. uh, but at the same time somebody should have squawked and said who's trying to chase the parents away from this school district you know what yeah. how is this able to happen but yeah it, it just happens you know pour into the kids in sports pour into um the health and well-being of other men around you. you add your strength wherever you can but literally look for places to take more responsibility because in that i love it go ahead go ahead you had this quote <laughs> sorry let, let me go and then you can go you had this quote which tags onto this um you, you say responsibility leads to freedom freedom leads to responsibility Right. Like Absolutely. unpack that just a little bit. I, well, I think that when it's a choice to take responsibility, uh, it's a it's a choice to decide between being responsible or being or or blaming it on someone else. But once you take responsibility, what comes with responsibility is authority. Authority mm -hmm. and responsibility are going to match as you climb up. So the more authority you want in life comes from that level of responsibility. Yeah. But what people classically, like, like what social media does is social media gives you the illusion that you have this much authority because you have this much knowledge, but you have no responsibility. So nobody really cares until you match it with responsibility. Nobody really cares what you say. And yeah. that's, that's how you get influence and favor is in paying attention to the match that, that climbs with how much responsibility are you willing to take for those that you want to influence? Man, it's so good. Uh, I was listening to Jordan Peterson uh, a while back and he said, responsibility gives us purpose. And I started thinking about how, how much 
we try just naturally, we try to get out of responsibility because uh, it feels like such a burden, right? And and I see it classically. Uh, I see it in school ministry students a lot. Uh, I see it in, in my my kids. Um, I was like that for a long time, right? Is oh, I don't want another. I don't want another burden. Well, the challenge is, you end up in this endless wandering, trying to figure out what your purpose is in life, right? Like, what am I called to do? It's yeah. the it's it's why so many so many uh, purpose driven life books were sold. I mean, how many how many books? Did uh, did he sell? I can't remember. Uh, Warren, Rick Warren, a uh, sell purpose driven life. People are trying to find their sweet spot, what they've been called for, without something that doesn't take any responsibility, no risk, no like. Uh, you said one thing at the conference that just made me laugh so hard. It, <laughs> I wrote it down. Um, you said. <clears throat> Uh, most of what you do isn't your passion, but then you illustrated it. Like most of what you really need to do in life. So many men are going like, I, I, that's not my passion. I don't, my passion is in, in catching 10 pound bass and shooting 200 inch deer and, and chasing, you know, nine by 12 elk up the mountain. And that's where my passion lies. That's where it's at. And we get so freaking lost with our everyday boring mundane life where we're really supposed to thrive but guys aren't thriving today like guys little secret if your life sucks it's because you weren't ever meant to just chase 10 pound bass and and shoot elk every week and like life wasn't you're actually supposed to really have responsibility yeah which typically starts with, God, I don't feel like doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a difference between uh, responsibility and pleasure, you know, and, and, and responsibility, the thing that really shapes you the most is the amount of sacrifice involved in your, your, your activity. So, I mean, sometimes we, you know, we go on a hunting trip and it's just, just grueling. And the story is awesome, yeah. largely yeah. because I almost died. You know, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> At one point I thought I was going to die. That's what makes yeah. this story so great. It's the best. If it was just, if it was simple, easy, you know, hey, we flew in, there were 10 to choose from. I shot one. I got back in the helicopter and it flew away. No story there, you know. No story. But, but when you build a marriage, when you build a family, when you build a, a, a business, when you build a ministry, there is so much yeah. sacrifice in that. It's what makes it rich. It's what gives it content. It's what builds context to your life. And I think, uh, you know, the, the, current fantasy world of uh being an influencer and do living your passion yeah. is like eating hollow chocolate bunnies all 
the rest of your life. You know, it's just yeah, going totally. to be so empty. You know, I love the, uh, have you seen the, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? American, uh, it's Kurt Warner story, American. Oh, <clears throat> oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. American underdog. So I haven't Warner, watched it. The quarterback for the Rams. Yeah, it's a I haven't great, watched it. It's a great, it's a great story. Great, great film. Um, but, you know, it's one more of those films where he's, he's reaching the championship. He's reaching the pinnacle of whatever point in his career. And there was no one there to celebrate it with, except, you know, all the hollowed out chocolate Easter bunnies. You know, there was, there was no substance. There was nothing, yeah. no one there that he loved, that he poured his life into, that he sacrificed for, he, you know, he was, uh, how many movies have we seen where they're like, yeah, this was an empty victory because I had yeah. no one there to yeah. celebrate with. It's so true. And in order to have somebody there to celebrate with you, I mean, you have to build real relationships and you have to take on that responsibility and, okay. and show up. Um, I think one of the major problems that, that men are facing is they don't have a lot of confidence, right? Because confidence comes in doing. Um, that's where we gain confidence. And the other way that we get confidence is through encouragement, right? So I, I remember, um, golly, I can remember so many different times in raising my kids. I literally could think through them right now and list them out when I finally uh, call you. And I would always call you before I call my dad because my dad has great advice for other stuff, but not always the best advice uh, for the kids. <laughs> not always. Sometimes he did, but not always. So you were my go-to, which I tell guys all the time, like you got to have, you got to have your guides in different areas of life. Right. So when it came to, to marriage and in the kids, you were my guide. So I would, I would track you down. I remember waiting outside of uh, the scene. <laughs> in your leadership team meeting, because you were in the, the SLT meeting for the church and I'm just waiting for it to end because I've got a major problem and I don't know what to do. I feel insecure. I feel like a, uh, not, not necessarily a bad dad. I feel lost, so lost. And I'd have a conversation with, with you and you would, you would help me unpack what's going on. You'd help me build a strategy, but then you would give me the courage, right? You give me the courage, Jay, you can do this. Um, you're such an awesome dad. And I would take your courage, <laughs> not mine. I would take yours and that game plan and go back into battle and execute. And man, uh, sorry, I was just getting emotional. I just, so that saved me so many times. And that's supposed to be the model. For yeah. every man, every man is supposed to have a Danny. And it's, and listen, man, like I want to tell you, you don't need a Danny, a literal Danny Silk, because that's just another BS excuse. Like you need a guy who's steps ahead of you, who's willing to look at you and be in the battle with you. You don't have to have the best guy on the planet like I had. And, and there's other areas of my life where I didn't have the best guy on the planet. I just had a guy who's a little bit further along. He's one step ahead <laughs> going like, yeah, do this. But I think really for, for men, what we're talking about is 
you are called to greatness. You are meant to live this life of fulfillment and the fulfillment for you comes in the same way that it came for Jesus. It came in knowing your identity, live a life of serving, rally men around you and do life with others and then do stuff that's beyond you. And the only way that you could sustain that is if you do it with other people. I mean, really like that is the fulfilling life. Yeah. And the key that you just rattled off there is do, you know, you, you just said about six do's and there is a, a part of our culture that is fantasy. Like you're talking about yeah. getting confidence. Confidence yeah. comes from doing. Yeah. Not simulating. Yes. Because simulating is, you know, porn is simulating and video yep. games are simulating and yep. uh, metaverse is a ginormous simulation, which will basically just prove that you have no competencies at all in real life. Yeah. It's, yep. it's, all, it's all out here in this illusion. So doing, you know, like doing real life, doing real relationships, that's where love happens. And if you're going to, you know, boil your life down to one purpose that matters is that yeah. you learned how to love. And you're not going to learn how to love if you're afraid of responsibility and or sacrifice. Yeah, that, that's so hard, man. That, that's just so true is <laughs> it really is i i just i was going to say something that i started thinking like oh man the the true test of do i know how to love comes when you face something that's really unlovable and you still make that hard choice right how many times have we done that in marriage or even with ourselves right i fail myself and i have to remember oh i i'm not the judge of me uh, I'm still worthy of love, but Danny, you, you really do. You embody, um, what it means to be, uh, a King and a priest in your home and to God, and you embody what it means to be a man. And I've seen, I've seen you fail, um, not morally. I've seen you make mistakes. I've seen you own those. Uh, I've seen you build your kids in, in relationships with other men. And I mean, as a son, I just want to say how, how proud I am to, to be running, uh, in your wake in how much you've done for me and my family and the men that are a part of brave co. And, um, so thank you for that. And I think for my life, my goal has always been to model, what you and my dad and Bill and Keith Alver, all these other great men and, and to take it a step further, you know, to, to try and, and push the envelope, not with daring or dangerous risks, but in the extravagant love and in the inheritance and the get this knowledge out there so that, you know, maybe somebody will figure it out at 17 and not 25 or, um, but that we'd all be able to be courageous. So you paved, you've paved that way for me. So I just want to publicly thank you for that. That's awesome. Thanks, Jay. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, watching, watching young men like yourself 
take on so much responsibility and and do such a such an, an amazing job with it you know i'm watching i'm watching your 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 little family you're like oh my gosh you know this guy is he's he we're doing it again we're doing number this five again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 12 days ago just had another baby just had another baby how old are you 42 42 coming up or yeah 42 coming up yeah yeah, yeah we have the, we share the same birthday. birthday i'll text you happy birthday on your birthday yeah on you my too birthday. yeah um, yeah i mean just to to watch this you know to to see you come alive by taking responsibility for pouring into men and 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 giving away who you are and and, and what you what you've been given i mean because guys like you and i we've been given a pretty rare experience being in the environment that we're in. So so I don't even know how you don't give it away. I mean, maybe some people get there, but I don't even know how not to give it away. It feels like such a, it's like, you know, we found the end of the rainbow here. We're like, Hey, come here, come here. It's the funnest thing in the world. It is so much fun. And so it just thrills me to watch you and, um, knowing the journey that you've been on um, is go- it's going to resource transformation in so many men's lives as it already has, but it's just going to get it's just going to get bigger. Guys, if you're looking to level up your game in parenting, marriage, communication, Danny Silk is the absolute pro he's the foremost um uh, leader in these areas it's it's where i learned how to parent uh at a very very young age reading his books listening to his loving on purpose series and um man danny has done so much to help me and i want to encourage you to go to lovingonpurpose.com and grab some of danny's resources if you are looking to grow in any of those areas. Danny, thank you so much for coming on, for being with us today. Your wisdom, your love, um, your support means the world. And uh, man, I couldn't be more thankful for you. So thanks so much. Guys, have an incredible week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Brave Co. Podcast. If you like this podcast, would you please rate it, review it, Leave us a great comment. And if you like this episode in particular, share it with your friends and family. That helps us to spread the word. Guys, stay brave. We'll see you next week.